So welcome to the Real Roadmap podcast. And today we have a very special guest on. He's the co-owner of Finexus. He is a seven-figure entrepreneur and he's taken his commercial insurance business from zero to well into seven figures and he's just recently made an exit. He's also my business partner. So it's an absolute pleasure today to introduce Tony. How are you, mate? Not too bad, mate, and yourself? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. It's been quite fun getting to this point in there, trying to figure this out. Um, you know, over the pool table, you yeah, know, like, yeah. just like chinwagging about what we're what Finexus is and what we are and what we're trying to do and, you know, working with an entrepreneur like yourself. And I think it's important we sort of start where, at the beginning, yeah, yeah. like kind of, uh, it's a privilege for me to work with somebody who's well tenured in the business game. That is, is that trying to say I'm old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not trying to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we met networking, right? Yeah. And um, we've, we've sort of, had a really good connection there. We just got on really well. And yeah, it's just sort of blossomed from there. So um, I think it's important to sort of go back to the start and sort of talk about how you got into the world of entrepreneurship. What was the moment that led you to? So I think I've always had that desire to work for myself. Mm. And even going back to when I was at college, coming out of college, I tried to set up a, a business doing game design, okay. so computer games and things like that. Yeah. And we tried to set up a, a company that would do all the beta testing for computer games and things mm. like this. And I was 18, 19 thinking, here we go, I'm going to be a millionaire or <laughs> yeah. 21. And it just never really works. But mm. I think I've always had that something in me to be the best, to be the number one and things like that. And after working 20 odd years for other people, I decided eight years ago, I can do this myself. Why am I... Mm -hmm. Why am I working 60, 70 hours for, to line someone else's pockets when yeah. I can do exactly the same for myself? And yeah. so I took the leap of faith eight years ago and, and here we are today. What was that process like? I mean, like, if you talk, talk about like the logistics, like, is there a specific moment, A, that sort of you went, do you know what, this is it, I am now doing it. And then like, what were the logistics behind that? So what did you have to do in order to get started? thing for me it was the fact that I'd seen some of my colleagues do it and I thought well if if they can do it and in my head I thought well I'm better than them mm -hmm. so if they can do it and be successful why can't I All right so but the, the the difficult thing about starting any business is having that financial backing or having that support network around you to be able yeah. to do it and I think that was the most important thing yeah. so at the time me and my other half were both working in the, the same business um and we had inklings that it was, was going to make redundancies soon. Mm -hmm. We were both safe because we were both, again, top of the league tables and everything else. And we, we didn't feel our, our jobs were in jeopardy. But it was, I had to make that decision. Mm. And having Joe's support there to say, yeah, you go ahead and do it, was like a bit of a relief. Sure. You know, I, can, I can go and do this. We've got a steady income coming in from her wage. And I can go and yeah. set something up. So do you think it's important to have like that as a, as a starting factor, like I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that to no, begin with. It's but not an important like it's factor, an, but it's something that's it was been great something for you. There, the, yeah, there was something there. You know, I mean, I was 38 at the time and I had commitments, I had a house to pay for and everything else, the bills, we had a young daughter and things like that. And it's like, I've got to do, I can't just go and do something and fail, but I needed that support there to go and do it. Yeah. Um, I think 
going back to my younger days, if I was 21, 22, maybe 25, I would have, yeah. Doesn't Still really living with mum and dad, you Still, can just If I failed, it. it doesn't matter, I'll, I'll start again. Yeah. But I think as you get later on in life, you've got to have that support there, I think, to, yeah. to go and do it. I think that's been instrumental for me. Like this, because I've had a few failed businesses in my time as a, like a, an attempted entrepreneur. And every time I've gone and worked for somebody else, within a short space of time, I felt that same feeling that you're talking about there. It's like, I know I have to be sentient. I have to work for myself. Yeah. I think one of the most important factors in that is those moments where you really, really feel like you want to push forward with something. First, you have to give yourself the permission to do it. But second of all, it's nice to have somebody beside you, like a business partner, like, you know, you, you and I know. Yeah, yeah that feeling where I can go, listen, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. And you're like, I've done this before. I felt these things. I've experienced that. Like this is the way. And that's, what's been mega for me having you on, on you know, in. Yeah. And I think I was exactly the same. So when I went to, um, I've been approached several times by my now business, bowl, my then business partners. Um, and several times they'd asked me to go and work for them. And I said, no, I'm not going to work for you. I'll work with you, but I'm not going to work for you. Yeah. And they'd come up with loads of different uh, opportunities over the years. There was one which was probably about 12 years ago. They said, well, this is there's an opportunity here. And I looked into the business deal and I knew the previous owner and I knew that deal wasn't right because I knew yeah. that previous owner wasn't the <laughs> the best, should we say. Um, so I decided against it. However, 12 months later, someone else I knew had had taken that business deal on and I thought have I missed the boat here mm-hmm. so I spoke to them again and I said look can we try and find another business opportunity for me and it was like yeah okay let's let's have a chat so um, I finished where I was working and the following day I walked into their office set up their commercial department for them um, but and I worked there for about six months before we found an opportunity and they helped me to to start that business up, they came on as, as partners with me. Yeah. Um, and we set up 12 months later. Um, and they're still business partners now. So when in, in that process, like the early stages, what were the biggest things that you found to be the most difficult? So like, were they, was it in you or was it logistical or is it a bit of both? Or what, what, what did you find was the most tricky? The, any business you start up, you've got to, you've got to be prepared to do every single thing mm-hmm. that, that he's doing. So whether that's opening the post, making the teas, taking the post, yeah. filling the, taking the bank in, yeah. whatever you've got to do, you've got to do every single job of that. Yeah. Um, and it's not been, it's, it's been prepared to roll his sleeves up and just do it. Yeah. I, luckily over the years of my career, I've worked in every single job. So my first ever job was an office junior. Yeah. So my job was just to go and get the post, open it, get the files out, put the post in the files, hand it to someone to go let yeah. them do the work. Being shouted out to go and make the teas and coffees and things like that. And that's when I first started off. But over the years, I've done office junior, team leader, branch manager, I was 21, um, working through into corporates um, and being like a deputy area manager looking after 15 offices. Mm-hmm. So I felt I had the, the, the necessary... Uh, groundwork and mm. foundations there to go and do it myself um, and having work in loads of different areas and, and things like that it just second nature really yeah um, but it's having that knowledge and, and everything else that led me to that, that path do you think that as a, as a person right do you think 
for any period of time, if you worked for somebody else, there would have always been that feeling in you where you'd have been like, most definitely. I have to, like, I'm so good. It would have been resentment. Really? There would have been resentment there because you know me by now, but I'm quite competitive and. You're quite uh, good at Paul as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whenever I turn my hand to, I have to be competitive. In my head, there's no point in doing something if you can't be the best you can be. Yeah. Um, and that might not necessarily mean that I'm the best ever, but it's the best version of me doing it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so whatever I'm doing at, um, so whether that's competing in sports, in business, it could be arm wrestling, could be anything. Yeah. I've got to be the best version of that that right. I can be. And if I can't do it there and then, mm. then I'll go away and research it, practice it until I can come back and go, I'm now the... So that as a metric, right? yeah. most people haven't got that where they will go, I don't like losing. So I'm going to go away and I'm going to look at the things that I need to learn and develop in order to become <clears throat> yeah. much better at it so I can compete with the top. Like most people don't have that in them tied to uh, business. I, what, what, where, where do you think as a person that came from in you? It's probably going back to my childhood to be fair. So I come from a big family mm. and in Birmingham alone, I've got over 50 cousins. So 50? 50, yeah. Jeez. 50 cousins in Birmingham. Um, and whenever we was round at my nan's house and every day there'd be like 15, 20 of my cousins at my nan's house every time we went round there. Yeah. Someone would always talk about, oh, I've seen little so-and-so doing this or so-and-so's done that. Oh. And I never heard anyone say about me doing something. Now, they probably were, but obviously because I was in the room, they weren't talking about me there. Mm. And in my head, I thought, oh, I need to be better than everyone else. And I think that's probably what drove me to say, whatever I'm doing, I've got to be the better so that people can recognise what I do. I think people neglect the fact that the, the makeup of who you are effectively comes from your entire life's experiences. And it's it like even those little things that sit in your body when you're young yeah. that flavour your, like imagine that, flavoured every part of your life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got to I, be the best because nobody spoke only, about me in that room. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was probably, it's probably only in the last couple of years that I've come to realise that's where that's come from. Yeah. Um, it was, up until then, I thought I'm ultra competitive. Mm. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing, temping bowling, we're not temping bowling with the staff, I have to win. <laughs> I can play uh, anything with my daughter, I have to win. Mm. It's just one of them things. But I think I was brought up that way though. So when was, like my dad was playing, would play sports. Yeah. My dad would never let me win. It, teach me how to be better and to the point where I started beating him when I was yeah. like 10, 11, 12 and I got bored of playing things. so I thought it was too easy. So well, I, I found another competitor to be more competitive against yeah, to yeah. beat them and to yeah. do different things. I think the whole world has got to a place where it's ridiculous how we aren't instilling the reality of loss and like competitiveness in our younger generation because we're all getting medals. They're all getting medals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you, how are you going to choose whether you're going to be better than everyone else? If we're like, no, no, it's everyone gets a Yeah. You, and, you, I understand you that to one. an extent. So, but there's gotta be, a, there's gotta be someone who's the best. There's gotta be someone who, who's won, who's, who's, who's the best at that particular thing. It hasn't got to be sports. It hasn't got to be, it could be, um, Maths, it could be anything, but you, you, everyone's got a skill and not everyone can master all of them, but yeah. everyone's got a skill. But the, 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 so the, the concept in my mind of this whole everybody's got a skill thing, right, is we tend to go to a plethora of skills. So maths, 
English. Like we go yeah, to yeah. a list, but if we go to the list, a lot of people don't realize that just being able to communicate, just talking, like I realized for me- is a massive skill. One thing that I have as a capacity and one skill that I've developed over the years is communication. And I didn't realize that was a skill. So I'm thinking, um, I'm, I'm okay at maths. I'm okay at this. I'm okay at English. Yeah. But I haven't drawn from those a career because I didn't realize that my communication was my thing. So when I started in, in a sales job or a customer facing job, at a pet shop when I was 16, yeah. I turns out I was pretty good at communicating with the, the customers. And then every job I've ever done since then, when I've worked in bars, I was really good at communicating with the client, clients and customers. I was upselling alcohol. So bad thing to do as an, as an alcoholic. <laughs> I've probably probably been doing number one. Yeah, clients. yeah. <laughs> but he, like working behind a bar, I was able to upsell the drinks just using like hand gestures. So when somebody's asking me if they want a drink, so I'm like, do you want a large one? I yeah. didn't say small or large. I was like, do you want a big one? Yeah. Chances are most of the time people say yes. Yeah. And on the tills at the end of the night, there was a leaderboard and there was me and a lady called Anna. So a girl called Anna. Me and Anna used to take the most on the tills every night by over a thousand pounds more than everybody else. Everybody else be doing 800, a thousand. We're doing two grand on the tills in a night. Yeah, yeah. Because we're just, we're, we're communicating and we're having a fun with our, our job and we have the capacity to, to do many things at once. It's not just like a single focus. We made it a thing. We're dealing with everybody at the same time. I'll be with, like, we're not just leaving people standing there waiting. And when you, when you maximise on that, I realised then, I was like, I've got something here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't think of that. No, no. And being able to talk to people is one of the, the most important skills in business. Yeah. Um, and if you're able to talk and communicate and get your point across to any, any person that you meet, you, you, you're halfway there. But you're into, like, so this is where we met is networking. Yeah. And it, to me, a hundred percent of networking is not going there and telling people about what your business is. A hundred percent of it is not that. A hundred percent of it is, I want to be myself in this environment and I want to meet as many people as possible. Yeah. And I want those people to become my friends. Yeah. Which comes down to the networking group that we was in one of the things is no like and trust. Yeah. So it's about, it's not about how good your business is. It's about how good you are and how good I am. Mm-hmm. So do people know me, like me and trust me? Yeah. And that's all. And I've got to have that, people have that trust in me to, to, for me to deliver what they've expected. Yeah. And if I can't, I've got to hold my hands up and fix it. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's not about, we've got the best products on the market. It's not yeah. about that. It's about, can I do, can I deliver what I've promised? And it, when, 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 when we talk about it within the BNI as well, it's like, um, the the capacity of networking is a referral thing as well. So it's like, if you know that there's somebody in there that's doing something, yeah, and it could be something like a diet plan or it could be something like a cheese board or it yeah, could yeah. be something like, I don't know. Dog walkers. Dog it could be anything. walkers, yeah. business cards, right? So if you utilise these people, you build credibility in that place. Yeah, so it's a point system. Your job to get to the top of the leaderboard, but you're also... Your job is to be of the most service and utility in that room. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to help as many of you get as much business as I can get you. And then in turn, you start to see business flowing back. Yeah. And that's where the whole idea of networking works, which is kind of why we developed um, Finexus, yeah. right? Because 
we wanted to create something that was beyond just like, I'm going to get you money. I'm going to get you insurance. I'm going to plug in this, this, and this to your business and selling loads of individual things. Yeah. Oh, fuck that, <laughs> <laughs> Loads of individual things. For me, what I feel is important is like, let's figure out what direction a business is going in. Like, where do you actually want to go? And from the information that you give me, is there anything I can actually help you with? Do you know what's available in the world? Are you paying too much for your insurance? Do you know you can use other people's money to do this, this, and this? Are you expanding your business at the rate that you really want to be? And a lot of people aren't using that because they have like this aversion to the fact that they're being sold to all the time. Yeah, and it's not about... uh, We've never given, I don't think I've, I think in my early days of sales, I probably did do the hard sale a few times, but that was just to try and teach myself how to do that. Yeah. I think since the, since I've set up the business, um, so set up the insurance brokerage, I don't think we've ever done a hard sale and I wouldn't expect my staff to do the hard sale. We've just got to give the best advice we can yeah. um, and give the best advice and the best service. And yeah. we've got, um, within the office, we had some boards done on the walls in the boardroom and across the office where it had 20, 20 insurance words, so products and stuff that we sold. But it also had 20 other words, which was like advice, professional. Not one of them said price yeah. or Money. Yeah, money. Nothing. Yeah. It was nothing relating to the price. So we've always had that belief where if you sold on price, you'd lose it on price. Yeah. So if you say you're the cheapest out there, you might win the business for one year, but following year, you're going to lose it on price because someone else will beat you. Well, if, if I'm thinking right, if you're competing on price and I'm the cheapest, the next time they go to do that, they go, oh, they're looking for the, the cheapest. cheapest yeah. yeah. So it, to me, and this is why I think that this is so important to discuss these things. It's like, uh, as a business, we are always looking for the cheapest, right? And you could get the cheapest sales advice. You could get the cheapest independent financial advice. You could get the cheapest accountant and get the cheapest marketing service, right? The chances are that they're the cheapest for the re- for a reason. Yeah, They haven't established themselves in the market. And for, for me, the reason I've decided that I want to push this business forward in the direction that I want it to go is because I don't want to sell a single thing ever. I want to be able to build relationships with business owners and genuinely understand their direction. Yeah. How are you moving forward? And if you don't know how to answer that question, I want to be the objective person that you speak to and say, right, let's figure this out. Just man to man. Yep. You know, I've spoken to hundreds of businesses across the years. Yeah. That had been doing exercises of growing or recovering. So I've got to learn directly from a lot of entrepreneurs about the things that they're doing. And like, I don't just go, yeah, I'll get you this. I want to figure out what they're doing and why. And then I can figure out the exact product that will plug in to help. And if I'm not, I'm not selling you anything. I'm just going to say, right, here's some options that may or may not work for your business. And you may not even be eligible, right? So what we have to do is explore this terrain together and then say, right, are we attacking the next 12 months in the way that you want to, or are you just going to let business carry on for the next three, three years, the way that it has the last three, you know? Yeah. I think that's the, that's the point. It's like having that second person to speak to as well. So when I first started off uh, at a small little office in Birmingham and Come five o'clock, the staff will go home and I would pace up and down that office with a, a whiteboard marker and an empty whiteboard and I would just make loads and loads of notes 
mm. whatever was in my head, I'd write it down. Mm. Then I'd spend the next 20 minutes pacing up and down, arguing with myself whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. To the point where I'll go rub that off. Yeah. If it was a good thing, okay, let's explore it a bit more and I'll go down the next step and next step and next mm. step. Um, and it wasn't until uh, we mer- I merged with another uh, franchise that I had that second business partner. Yeah. And having that, someone just to bounce ideas off for both of us was a really good thing. And that was the catalyst then for us to grow through COVID and, and come out the other side. So pretty, let's talk about that growth model because at one point, because we were talking about this the other day, at one point you, 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 you started your business, you got to a certain point, you took, you, you collaborated with somebody else and then you realized that you could either acquire or use other people's money to grow and develop your business. So like, can you talk a little bit about what happened there? Well, yeah, I'll take it back one step further though. When I first got the business, I had to borrow money to get that business. Yeah. Um, but the, the money we borrowed was secured against the brokerage. Right. So they had the security where if I messed up, they just take the keys off me yeah. and they've got a book of business which will pay the, the loan off. But they didn't have me. So basically all they would have done was just have their money back. That was it. Yeah. By having me involved and my business partner involved, the potential there is just is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but then when we got to that stage, when we merged and we looked at how we're going to grow. So we made a plan of five or six different companies we wanted to buy out. Yeah. And one by one, we had conversations with them. It took probably 18 months for each one to go through. Um, but we had the conversations and we had the backing to yeah. get the, the loans and everything else to go and do it. Yeah. Um, Years ago, I came from a, a position where I didn't like debt. Yeah. I hated it. So I went years, and I think it been, when I went to Ibiza when I was 21, spent three or 400 quid on my credit card, paying back £10 a month or whatever, mm-hmm. and then got to about 27, and I owed two and a half grand on it. I'd never, never used that credit card since, but because I, I was only paying the minimum amount every yeah. month. So I thought, so I paid it off, and I didn't have a credit, I didn't have a debit card. Really? All I had was a hole in the wall card. Let's go every month to take all my wages out in cash and deal with cash. And it was my other half that went, no, you've got to start building up your credit. Mm-hmm. And it took me about three or four years yeah, yeah. to build up my credit again. Because um, I didn't realise it was that important. But when we started the business off, we, we understood that you have to have a bit of debt mm-hmm. in order to grow. And someone said to us, probably about two years in, they said, Debt's a good thing if it's serviceable. So as long as the debt is serviceable and you can afford the monthly payments, so whatever you've acquired is paying you more than what you're paying out, it's a good thing. It's the simple maths of it, right? So for me, having worked in a world where I've come from personal debt, yeah, 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 and personal debt is where you are using somebody else's money for an experience or an object that is not earning you money. Yeah, but commercial debt is a facility that you can use to purchase an asset or use their money. Like let's say I gave you a hundred grand and you turn that into 300 K and that adds onto your turnover annually. So you've got 300 K additionally for life. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've got is a monthly payment of like 15, 1600 quid. So when you figure that out, like using somebody else's money becomes smart, but then everybody worries about the whole interest thing. But interest is a fee that you pay yeah. and you can get out of these, these facilities early yeah. in order to settle the interest. So you can actually use somebody else's money, turn that into, take the hundred, turn that into 300, 
pay off the debt of 70 that's left. You've paid off nearly all the interest. So you've then made a massive cash flowing exercise yeah. and you've not used your own money for so, it. Your balances are protected. It's like all the way through my business career, we was always in debt. Mm-hmm. We always had a debt. Mm. But it's irrelevant to how much, as long as you can, you Service earn more it. than what you're paying out. Yeah. And as, as we said earlier on, I've just, we've just sold out for seven figures and we've still had a bit of debt there. Yeah. We, we, I think it's stupid for a business to go all the way through their path without having some debt in there. Yeah. And well, if you can do it, if you can get through your business career without using debt, but, that makes you a very competent entrepreneur. <laughs> so to protect yourself, you can keep your cash there and use somebody else's money. Exactly. Because, so, right, so having, you, but, but then businesses that don't use debt, yeah. they're using their own money to do things. Why would you do that? Well, keep if you, that money there. Yeah. Because that's yours. Use someone else's money to go and... If you've earned that money... And you're saying you're buying two lorries with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to take you God knows how long to get that money back on them lorries. Yeah. yeah? But if you use somebody else's money to buy the lorries, you've then got, still got the capital there in case anything else goes wrong in your business. Yeah. You haven't got to put any of your own personal money back in. There's still a pot of capital there to grow, market, whatever. You can purchase the vehicles and if they cash flow higher than the balance of the, the monthly repayment, you're winning from day one. Yeah. So we've always used debt in, a, in the right way um, to get, and we grew during COVID. So when COVID hit, um, a lot of businesses didn't know where to turn and they were struggling a bit. And everyone tightened the belts and, mm-hmm. and didn't know what to do. And we said, no, let's spend through it. And we've always had this, uh, this saying in the office between me and my business partner, um, as Mr. Barclays rang. Mm. Because we keep on spending until Mr. Barclays rings us and tell us not to stop. Yeah, yeah. Tell us to stop. But until mm. Mr. Barclays rings, we keep on going. So we just always keep on spending through it. Yeah. And luckily I was in a, an industry which was sort of recession-proof anyway. Mm-hmm. But all that happens is that the turnovers just decrease, but your clients don't leave you. Yeah. The turnover they decreases because it. they have to have insurance anyway. Um, but it's just that when their turnover declines minded as well um but as long as we kept our client base there we knew that when the, everyone bounced back then we'd bounce back with it um but it was always that saying as mr barclays rang i think it's funny when when you know businesses will, will look at insurance as essential yeah because it has you have to have it right yeah. but when it comes to funding and finance right you have to have it you have to have money in the bank yeah, yeah? so where that money comes from is from cash flow and exercises right and if you're thinking of taking more from the market you you often have got like a pot there and you think, oh, right, okay, I'll try and put all of that in here and hope it all comes back. So really, when you think about using somebody else's money for that exercise, you say, right, I'm going to protect this. Yeah. I'm going to take as much as I can get and I'm going to push my business forward. Because as entrepreneurs, you've had to build your business from zero. Chances are, yeah. if you've built from zero, you have got the, the competency to get to this level. But if you're stuck at half a million year in turnover and you can't get past that level... You have to look beyond the current things that you're doing. So how can I acquire a new business? How can I use somebody else's money to leverage my position as an entrepreneur and generate more income? And that's where a lot of businesses will just get to this place where it's either feast or famine. 
yeah. isn't it? It's like we're, we're, we're getting on and we're ticking over and things are hard. But then and at the times things get hard, it's about being aggressive in that moment. And, and there are some businesses forward. out there that run as a lifestyle business and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. If people just want the lifestyle mm -hmm. uh, that pays them X amount per year and they know that's guaranteed for the next 20, 30 years, yeah. absolutely fine. Um, I wasn't one of them and the business I bought was a lifestyle business. Yeah. So they'd been the same size for 20 years, I think. Yeah. They hadn't grown, yeah. but they hadn't, like, they hadn't shrunk. Uh, so it was purely a lifestyle business just for the husband and wife and one member of staff just to go in, mm. do what they got to do and go home. There was no pressure, no stress. It was just... Just pays their bills. Yeah. And that was that's absolutely fine. Yeah, of course it is. But that wasn't for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I knew in order for me to get to where we needed to be, and again, it's that competitiveness. So at the time, we had a league table mm. against all the offices. Mm -hmm. And the business I bought was ranked number 87th, I think, out of 100. Yeah. Which to me was like, that's terrible. Yep. So I picked three points in the year. Mm -hmm. So every quarter, okay, end of quarter one, I want to be there. End of quarter two, I want to be there. And it happened to be that the my now business partner uh, was ranked about 30 places ahead of me okay. in the league table. And I was like, that's the one I want to be. <laughs> and it was six months, 12 months into me having my own business we went out for a drink and we was having a drink around Christmas and he went, why are you targeting me? I said, no, it's not in a bad way. I said, I just need a goal. I need a target to be able to hit. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I just I happened to want it to be mid-table and you were mid-table and I just focused on you just to try and we've got to try and catch that person up. Mm -hmm. And that's when we just discussed about the So merger. breaking the table down from the top into yeah, yeah. something into, more... Into sizable chunks. That's better, isn't it? Because it that's smart. Yeah, because to get to number one, was a 50 a, place oh, leap, it, isn't it? It was, it was millions, really? millions of pounds worth of premium we had to get to to get to number one. Right. Uh, that's how far down we were. Um, but the business we've just sold was ranked number one. So we got there, but it took us seven or eight years to get you there. You broke it down into bite We broke it down into bite, yeah, into bite size chunks to be able to say, there's no point in going straight to the top because it, it's not yeah. impossible. Yeah. But you've got to break it down to go, right, this is how we're going to get to the number one but we've got to do it by step by I step. I can get from 50th to 47th. I can get yeah. from 47th to 43rd. Yeah. I can get to 35th. You know what I mean? And then you break it down like that. Yeah. And within three years, I think we was in the top 10. Yeah. And then as soon as you're in the top 10, opportunities start coming then. Mm -hmm. So it enabled us to, everyone started taking notice of, notice of us a bit more. Yeah. Um, more support was coming our way. Um, they understood the processes and stuff we put in place. Mm -hmm. So, they were offering us money. Do you want to, do you want to buy another yeah. business? Well, yeah, we've got to find the right one. Yeah. But money was being not thrown at us, but we trust you with the money now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we you know you're going to make the right decisions and go and do it. I think, so it's really interesting what you say about this leaderboard thing, right? Because I'm, I'm a competent finance broker. Yeah. I've worked in the commercial finance for a little while. I'm a competent broker. I have the good capacity to understand what the business needs and what I can do for them. Right. But yeah. I worked in a, in a company it was one of the biggest brokers in the country. They're a fantastic brokerage. They had a great um, feel to them. Um, but within that brokerage, you would find that there are positions within that leaderboard and there would always be the same three or four people in the, in the top three or four. Now, those three or four people would particularly have a specific niche that they were good at. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that I've understood what I do in the world now is like, I understand how to, to take the information from a business and understand, right, who needs to see that deal? 
And now I'm connected with those top four players in several brokerages that I can say, right, this is a deal for you. A, because that deal will get done for the client in the best and most efficient way. But B, we have delivered a service for our client that said, look, I know exactly who to go to. You've got 1,800 brokerages to choose from in the country, which has countless brokers. The odds of you getting someone that is an absolute black belt in what you need is very low. So for us to be able to go, I can fix that for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I know this guy will be able to do this deal for you. But also, like, if you're buying three vehicles, I can also source the vans for you. And we can also get them insured through for you. That's like, exactly right. Just saves uh, so much time and effort for the, for the client. I think every brokerage, whether that's finance, insurance, yeah. any brokerage around the country, it comes down to relationships. Yeah. So you're only as good as the relationship you've got with an underwriter, whether mm-hmm. that be a finance underwriter or an insurance underwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's having that relationship that gets you the deals. Yeah. Any Tom, Dick and Harry can send in a proposal form. Mm-hmm. But- if you've got if you've got a relationship with that underwriter, mm-hmm. you're gonna they're gonna look at that first and look into that a bit more in depth. Yeah. Because they know what you know who you are and yeah. how you work and everything else. If they're just seeing one every one deal off you every two months, you're gonna be bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. But if you're sending them a deal every single day to look at, they go, actually, he's doing something good here. Let's have a look up, see what he's got. But it's the reality of it. As, yeah. as an underwriter, you can imagine you, you've got you've got a certain amount of criteria that you have boxes you have to tick in order yeah. to do a deal. Right, it's not as simple as put a loan prop in or put a put an insurance proposal in or just like and hope that it matches because you're not giving your client the perfect service that they deserve. Right, yeah. there are only limited lenders, they're only limited insurers. Yeah, yeah. but it, the, in order to get the very best out of that situation, you need to know what information you need to take and then what you need to give to the underwriter as the correct information. So it's all above board, but it's the way you explain it. So we're mitigating this cost here by clearing this debt. We are going to compile all of this into one thing. We're going to consolidate those things here. We're going to purchase these assets, which are going to leverage this um, additional cash flow, which is going to improve their balances, which will increase their turn line. It's a a game of explanations to the right underwriter about the right deal. And if you don't match any of those criteria, you're not getting a deal. No. So the hardest thing in the world is actually finding clients that match that criteria. But it's also about painting the picture, I think, as you're trying yeah, to yeah. explain there. It, it, as long as you – we've had risks over the years where they've had a severe claim, mm. but it's it's how you describe that claim and how you paint the picture of what the client's done to mitigate anything like that going ahead in the future. Yeah, um, And it's having them conversations with your customers mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is what's happened here. What are you going to do about it going mm. forward? Yes, insurance is there as a what-if – so what if this happens? Yeah, you're covered. Yeah. But if then the, what if happens, we can do to stop it from happening again. Yeah. And the same with the finance thing. So if you're doing something with the finance and they've had bad credit or something else, okay, yeah. what have you done to try and fix that? What are we doing going forward? What are you going to use this money for? How is this going to increase your business? It's about painting that picture. Yeah. And it's finding that right person that can demonstrate that in the best possible way yeah. that's going to get you the deals. And the odds of you picking up the phone, Googling, and the first one coming up, because everybody's competing in the Google market. Yeah, Anybody yeah. that's got any budget is going to put their insurance company or their finance yeah. brokerage in that Google pilot, right? And we're the best, we're the fastest, we've got 24-hour money, we've got this, that, and the other. And all that that means, though, is just that that company out there has got the most money for marketing. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're the best. It doesn't make, it doesn't make them the best, right? And, and, and this isn't saying that, that, that any company can't take part in that. I'm not saying we're the best. Yeah? No, no. I'm saying 
What I can do for your business is help you understand what you're doing and what you want to do. Man to man, yeah. woman, to, woman to man, whatever it is. I want to figure that out with you. And then we'll say, right, it sounds like this looks like this, these things would work. Now, if you want me to, I know this guy that is great at syndicating all of these deals. If you're doing an office fit out, I've got a broker that does massive office fit outs. That does huge franchise fit outs that does like these these deals that are incredibly complex and, and the, the surrounding deal is so tricky to do. You have to have a relationship with so many lenders. You have to know what thing has to be sent to what lender and finding somebody that has the capacity to do that to the same degree as your business deserves is incredibly difficult to find. It's not just like, it's not the same as compare the market. You know what I mean? That's why a broker has a job. Yeah. But being connected with exactly the right broker is the game for us. It's like, I want to be able to cross the ball into Ronaldo for you so your team wins. You yeah, know what I mean? and I think within, within the insurance broker that I Is have, it the same on your, that side of the fence? Exactly the same. You have, so as the owner or one of the owners, it was our job to know every single product. Yeah. So we, whatever conversation come up, we'd have a, be able to have a conversation with any customer. Yeah. However, I can't expect all the staff to know every single thing because mm-hmm. otherwise they'll set up their own business themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. Simple as. So I can't expect them to do it. We want them to try and get to that level, but we can't expect them to know everything straight away. Yeah. So they, what usually happens is they'll find a niche for themselves and they like doing a particular product and that's what they're good at. And then we try and build on that as they go through. So within the office, we had someone that liked doing hospitality. We had someone that liked, well, not liked, but always done the taxis and, and motor trade and yeah, yeah. fleets and things like that. Um, someone like doing the factories and engineering and things. So everyone had their own little niches. Yeah. So it was our job then to get them leads and pass it to the right person. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, um, as, a, as a business owner, you've got to get that process right. Yeah. And I, I think I've said this before, I, as a business owner, it's, we haven't got to know everything, but we've got to know what process is, is yeah. right. So if, if you get the processes right in anything, yeah. it will work. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not working, it's your process that's failed. If everyone's followed what you've done step by step mm-hmm. and it's failed, okay, you've got to fix that process. Yeah. So you've got to work along that, them steps to go, that's where it's failing. Change that, tweak that. Let's see how that works and then go from there. It's being able to look at things objectively as well. Like yes. if this is failing, not getting emotional over it and protecting that thing, um, I'm going to protect this idea because it's my idea. Um, there's, it's like a meritocracy, yeah? An idea is meritocracy. I think yeah. I've read it in a book. I can't remember which book it was. That's a big word for you. Yeah, I've, I've, I know a few, like Pelican. You've had 50 peers get this Yeah, 50 back in the dickhead. <laughs> no, but, it, it, you know, the, this idea is meritocracy, right? Imagine you've got a, a business and a board. You put the business, the, the ideas on the table, right? And we go, right, as a group of people that have a set goal of moving this business forward we are going to look at these options that we've all presented and try and establish either A, which one's the best, or B, can we sync some of these ideas together and try those? Yeah. And not be emotional about it because that's how you're going to get the business move forward. No, and and when, we, when we merge the business, some of, the, some of my ideas fitted well within the merge. Some of my business partner's ideas fitted well. So we just, we found the best process across both of our ideas mm. to make it work better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, as you said, it's not better being emotionally attached to things. 
if that's not working, there's a better way of doing it. Let's do the better way. God, you, you've helped me so much in the last two months with with how we set things up with Infinexus and how mm-hmm. things have started to look. And there's been things that have gone wrong yeah, yeah. as natural you, that, that do it in business. And me, I'm pacing up and down on my own. And sometimes I have to call you and you're like, oh, mate, I've done this four times and then this five times yeah. I've have been through this and I know that this this is how we fix this if it was <laughs> if it was that easy yeah. everyone would do it 100% and but it's never that easy mm. and it's having and I always find that it's some it's always better to go into business with someone because it saves you a lot of stress to be fair because yeah. otherwise my missus would be doing I'd be doing a heading just yeah. be talking to about it all the time yeah, so yeah. having that someone to talk to about it is is always better than you pacing up and down with a notepad or a whiteboard writing things down, having someone to talk to. And if you haven't got someone to talk to, a business coach, someone like that, do you know what I mean? You need to have someone on board who's going to be on the same kind of level as you to be able to chat to. Well, I think this is why, again, like one of the things I was really, really good at during my brokering career is I just get to know my clients and I'd be really good at just communicating with them. I'm not, not doing that for the reason of getting an outcome. Like I just like talking to people. Like, you know how I am yeah. with the BNI. It's like, just want to get on with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm silly. Um, I can be professional like a lot of the time, but I have to be able to dip in and out of that. My whole character isn't just Mr. Professional. My character is me. Yeah. And if I can bring me to the table and you like me and the things I know can help you, that's great. But the, what I've also got is that emotional side. So I want to talk to, when I want to talk to a business owner, it's like, I'm, I understand how all that feels. Like, I know what you're trying to get out of this. Maybe it feels like this. Maybe you want to do this. Like help me with you let's organize in your mind a how you're feeling around it all and b what you really want to do and what's holding you back is the thing that's holding you back an emotional thing is there a fear there yeah are you starting to see things tighten up and you're not able to move yourself forward like let's talk about that yeah right and then we'll go right i've seen this with this client and i've seen this with that client and they have got x y and z result from these actions this could probably work for you Let's try and see what we can do here to make that work. But that's Here's- using your experience, isn't it, though? Yeah. So a lot of things, when we get to this stage of any business, is you're buying people's experience. Yeah. So, and you get it for any, any industry. So if you're talking to a builder or a plasterer or something like that, and they'll give you a, a quote and you go, oh, that's, that's really expensive. Yeah. It's not because they've done that for 15, 20 years. Mm. So you're paying for their experience through that job in a couple of hours. Yeah. But if you try to do it yourself... It'll be like three months. Yeah. So you're paying for that time and experience. And our time and experience has come from being in a broker yeah. brokerage for that long. Yeah. Where we've heard all these different stories and um experiences going through, and we can use that to educate yeah, yeah. new customers. Say, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I I think people forget sometimes that the whole idea of business, yeah, is Point A is we're going to help you in the best way that we can. Yeah. Point B is our plan is to make money from that. Yeah. And that is the same with every single yeah. person's business. So when you're doing B2B trade, so oh, you're too expensive. Well, we're all charging people money for things in a game of let's advance. Why aren't we working together and saying, let's, get, yeah. like, let's raise those boats together. Let's yeah. move forward. Well, that's the whole thing about the networking. The yeah, yeah. So it was all about if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, and yeah. that's how it's worked. Um, but you've got, if there was like a, a 16-year-old trying to say, oh, I can do this for you, 
you question it. Yeah. Um, not to say that if it was like on YouTube, I probably would listen to that person going, you if know, more about, said, yeah. If he said to you for the last five years, I've built a 500k um, I'm definitely going to that I'm listen to that kid. Yeah. Because A, it's something that he's been yeah. doing since he was in his nappies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to listen to him. Yeah. But if they tried to talk to me about insurance, well, and commercial insurance, I say, well, I might have a little bit more experience I'm than you. Probably not a little, a little bit. bit more, but yeah. not much, but a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, there's different things, isn't there? So the experience side of it is a massive, massive part of any business. Of course it is. And using that experience to help grow. And for me, setting up for Nexus was one to try and get a, another lifestyle out of it. However, I want to help someone else to, to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to invest in someone that's got that same drive that I had 15 years ago mm. um, to go and do something. And I saw that in you to say, well, let's, yeah. let's do it. We have both had a similar idea. I was like, actually, let's, let's, let's try and push it, it yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Using my experience and your drive, yeah. we should be able to get there. I think the, the thing for me is like, I've always had this thing, like no matter what is going on, and bear in mind, like I'm a recovered drug addict. Um, I've failed loads of times in my life. I've had to do a lot of work on me yeah. because- objectively we, we look at people's past and we judge them by the things that they've done and the, the things that they've been. And we try and hold people back to their character. Like you did this in 2018. Like, yeah, fine. That was fucking four five years ago. Right. Who am I today? I'm trying my best today. Right. Yeah. And the thing for me is like, I've got a lot of complex things going on in my life at the moment. Yeah. You're very privy to, right. <laughs> but those complexities have been born out of a situation that was like, Again, it was a completely brand new thing to me. So having the drive to move forward came with a lot of fear. It came with a lot of like preconceived ideas that I've failed before. This is scary. And then having you there and going, listen, we are going to make this work. It is going to to work. And removing the idea of we are going to earn as much as we can from the market, but we are creating something that provides the most utility. Yep. To every person involved. So just put it, to put it like simply, as a broker, the hardest thing to do is to find a good quality lead to work, right? As a, as a, um, as a client, the hardest thing to do when you're trying to move your business forward is to find the right broker that can solve your problem in the best way. Yes. It's not, sometimes it's not just about getting you a 200 grand loan. Sometimes it's about saying, right, let's preserve your cash flow. Let's do this, this, and this. Let's introduce that as a facility. Let's add this here. And that's going to actually help your business moving forward, right? So my whole desire here is to say, I'm not the best broker in the world. But I know with, with some of the best brokers in the country, not the brokerages, individual brokers in the country that work for some of the leading brokers, brokerages, I will be able to pop you with exactly the right person. So let's just talk objectively about what you want to do. And we'll figure out what that looks like moving forward. That's really where my desire is because I just want to talk to people. Yeah. And that's why I've got a podcast. So, (laughs) and just going back to what you were saying then about starting a business and having that, that fear and, and everything else there. I've always been a believer of looking at the, the positives in everything. So whatever you fail at, it's not a negative. Mm. There's something in there you can take a positive out of. Yeah. And going back to that competitiveness. So 
I'd take the positive saying, well, I need to practice more. Yeah. So that's the, the thing I take out of it. Not that I'm rubbish and all crap and everything. Yeah. Not about that. I need, I can do this, but I've got to practice more. Yeah. And, and I try to instill that, especially with my daughter, you know what I mean? Work hard. And I keep on saying to her, if you work hard, you've got choices at the end of it. Yeah. I don't, like don't ever, don't ever come out of college or university. She's that now and don't have a choice. You work hard. And if it's your choice, whether you want to, what you do after that, you've got a choice. Mm. If you don't work hard, sometimes you don't have a choice and it's, and you might have to go and, I don't know, litter pick or, or do something yeah, that yeah. you don't particularly want to do, but you've got to do something to, to put food on the table. But it's do it working hard to actually, you've got a choice at the end of it. I think people forget that, that, that you, everything's hard, right? Yeah. All things are hard. If you want to be a bin man, that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to work for a, a stock brokerage, that's really, really hard. Yeah. Like, all of it is hard. Yeah. Right. You have to be able to choose the hard that you, you, you want to go through yourself and make that conscious choice because having no money is hard. Working for somebody else, still hard. Like having a relationship, very hard. All factors of life, we have to be able to monitor the degrees of difficult that it is yeah. and choose every single day, I'm going to fucking keep going at these things because regardless of what happens, I know my effort is going to get me the results I want. Yeah. You know and it's I mean? going back. And even if you don't get to that result, there's a positive out of everything. Yeah. So you go back and go, okay, I've done as best I could there, yeah. but I need to be better at this. Yeah. And you take that, that one bit out and you go and practice that bit until you're... It's just the, being objective, isn't it? Yeah. I, what part of my process, less my ego works if yeah. this all looks really good to me which bit do i need to alter oh that bit it's like if you've got a leaky pipe yeah yeah yeah. you, you would not like if you've got a leak you wouldn't, rip, ceiling, out, you wouldn't rip out the whole plumbing would you you, you just, just go and fix that paint over it either no and what we tend to do is oh we need a nice light over that like, <laughs> no what we need to do is trace the leak back yeah and fix the leak yeah because you can put all the shiny happy fucking marketing out to pure business if there's a big leak it's fucked <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. The foundations of what you're doing are wrong. Let's find the leak, repair the leak, and then pick, you know, what we want to do moving forwards. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's another like, one of the analogies that just comes out of me. You, picked up, you, you had a good one yesterday as well. What was the one yesterday? Oh, you're, you're cooking, I'll provide the ingredients. Yeah. I, that was a, that was a, I like <laughs> yeah. that one. That's a pretty good one yesterday. Yeah. Um, but like that, that competitiveness in me, and it's, and it's a positive mindset in everything you do. Um, and we, we, me and you have had loads of discussions. Um, it's usually on my journey into the offices or something like that. So it's like an hour. Um, <laughs> me running. Yeah. And, but <laughs> it's, I, everything you do, you've got to look at the positive. So you've got to look at going, okay, that hasn't worked. What can we do differently? Mm-hmm. And it's chaos theory, isn't it? So if, if you keep doing the same, well, no, not chaos theory, what's the other one? Uh, insanity or something. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, doing the same yeah. thing, you're going to get the, the same results. So Einstein don't, said, yeah, if, yeah, don't, if don't you do the same it. thing, if, you, if you're trying to solve a problem with the same mind that got you into that problem, then you're, you're yeah. going to be able to. It's never going to work. It's probably so gonna, more glamorous than what oh, you just yeah, said. Yeah, I, just, I think it's um, Sammy is doing the same thing. And expecting different results, results. yeah. So between the three of us, we've collectively put together a good quote. And it's probably not even Einstein. It's probably <laughs> yeah. someone else. Um, Stuart Carver. But, yeah, <laughs> but again, it's like, if someone's not working, okay, why isn't it working? Mm-hmm. Understanding that and then going, let's try and 100%. try in a different way and different directions to get to where we need to be. And without the discussion about what we're going to do, well, I'm not going to let this fail. Mm-hmm. So 
we've got to change things, do things to make sure it's right. So not, I'm not saying we are failing, but if something gets that, if that, if we get to that fork in the road yeah, yeah. and oh, we've got to pick that right choice to make we sure we get there. We just to just do the right thing. Right? Yeah. So it was like, right, okay, we've, we've done this. It's not going as quickly or as, as best as we think it is. We know what we're doing. Yeah. So this is where we have to go, oh, it didn't work, we give up, right? No, no, we, we continue, we pursue. And, you know, I always talk about this. There is a book in this somewhere for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because the process that I've had to go through. A children's book with loads of big pictures. And I like it. Like. <laughs> crayons and edible crayons. So no one. Loads of 50 P's. Loads of 50 P's. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, I think as a, as a man and as a, as an individual that has decided that he wants to succeed in life in general, taking away the element of trying to succeed for somebody else's validation has been instrumental for me because I used to do it because I just wanted recognition like I've made mistakes where I've bought really nice cars at times I couldn't afford them and I've done these things to just like externally validate myself but now I've removed that I don't mind driving around in a crappy little car while I build my business but it's not like for me building my business is not about um you know just getting jetting off on planes and doing this creating my business is about I'm going to be of service to my community in some way I'm going to have an impact in a positive way and I'm going to be able to look my kids in the eye and my partner in the eye whoever that is at the time (laughs) 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 Um, I want to be able to look my kids in the eye I want to be able to look my my wife whoever she ends up being in the eye and say I did this that car outside I have built that house I have got is mine it's not can't be taken about away the materialistic things no, no. and so for me my whole aspect changed five years ago when I had my heart attack okay and so when I had my heart attack I always thought I need this I need that and it's not it's not about that and yes don't get me wrong I like my nice cars and uh, watch or holidays and things like that but it's not about that it's about you enjoying your life. Yeah. And so I said uh, to my business partner at the time, I was like, I can't be doing this time 60. We've got to get out in five years. So I wanted to be out before I was 50 and everything else. And we've done it within the five year period. Yeah. Um, and it's given me a position now where I've got a choice mm-hmm. and it's going back to that choice again. I've now got a choice. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. I can sit playing golf, watching the telly, mm-hmm. do whatever I want to do, or I can try and do something else. And that's what I thought. Yeah. Try and work with you to try and get Phenexus yeah, yeah. Uh, to be this uh, national brand yeah. that we know it can be. Yeah. Um, but it's not all about sometimes the materialistic things. It's about whatever makes you happy. And if what makes you happy is um, going to watch your favourite football team every week, having a season ticket, fine. Uh, having a big flash car, a big, big nice yeah. house, fine. But it's whatever makes you happy and what's going to make your family happy. Mm. And that's what it's all about. I think for me, <clears throat> I failed so many times in various areas of my life, right? And the feeling that comes with that is so deeply ingrained in me that I have to be able to achieve something so I can look myself in the mirror and go, right, you honoured yourself. You honoured what you chose yourself to do. You said, I want to commit to this path. Yeah. You stuck to it and you created it. Like It's like getting in shape. I've got in incredible shape several times and yeah. immediately lost it. Yeah. Because the goal is set. I then get in really good shape. But then the merit never comes from the getting in shape. So I can have a six pack, still feel like shit. But it's... For you, that's more, but it's probably more recognition. For me, it's about um, about self-respect, actually. Right. So it's like, 
I want to become and establish myself as somebody that I respect because the the failures that I've made in the past, I feel I feel very judged by them. And I'm not ashamed of the person that I've been in the past because it's led me to the man that I am today. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't start from zero and rebuild because I've done it a few times before. But the, 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 the concept of being an entrepreneur is you have got to fucking fail so many times sure. that, that when you get to that point where you've created the life that you choose, you know it was all worth it. And every single thing that happened yeah. had to happen to become the person that was able to achieve that. Yeah. And this is going back to when I was 17, my dad said to me, get yourself a pension. So I started paying into a pension when I was 17, doing the right thing. I was out of work when I was 22. So I stopped all my direct debits. So my pension lasted for six years and then went through life, enjoyed my 20s, enjoyed my 30s and everything else. And I got to like, well, got to 30, 36, I think I was, 36, 37. I just started the business. And my, in the family, someone who was quite young died overnight. Complete, wasn't expected. I think he was 31 at the time or something like that. I was like, wow. And I was like, I haven't got, and Joe said to me, she went, you haven't got a pension. So I didn't have any insurances in place for myself. So I was thought, you're invincible, I can do whatever I want. Mm. So that was time for me to go knuckle down to go, well, my business has got to be my pension. Mm-hmm. So I've got nothing else. I've got to make sure this succeeds to give me that lifestyle that we want. Yeah. Um, and then over, I think I set up all these policies. So I was like, we've got to protect everyone and everything else. But you've got to, you do things to, you react to certain things in a different way and you react to things on the moment and try and fix them. Yeah. But if you plan ahead and you plan properly, you shouldn't need to do that kind of stuff. Um, but like, yeah, for me, it was all about making sure that the family had that lifestyle we wanted to have. Um, and it's not about showing off mm. or anything else. Yes, I've got a couple of nice watches and things like that, but that's about it. Mm. I don't, we got a big flash house, we got a house all paid for, but that's it. We don't need anything else. Do you know what I've come to realise, right, is that, you know, I've had a flash car, I've had a shit car, I've had money, I've had no money, I've had great jobs, I've had, you know, shit job. I've had all of it, right? And the most important thing to me is not anything other than how my children see me, right? And I've got, um, you know, a 10-year-old that I worry that how she sees me because she's conscious of who I am. Yeah, yeah. And also she's from a previous relationship, so, like, I don't have her all the time. And she's, like, I'm so grateful that the family that she's in is so solid and, you know, she, she lives there in this beautiful home and, you know, everybody's successful and they move their life forward. It's really lovely. Um, but then my self-worth comes into that. And am I doing the right job? And am I doing good enough? And how do I, you know, build a relationship with, with her? But that's the most important thing. And I, I've had to come to learn that. Yeah. That's not naturally instilled in me because what's naturally instilled in me as a drug addict is selfish. And um, it, it, it's like, I don't like me. So I've got to do things in order for people to like me. Yeah. yeah? So when I'm, now talking to my, any of my kids and I've got three, it's my job to not pass down my shit to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I see my job as. And for me to create a safe lifestyle for them where I can say, right, I've got a business. My business brings me X amount of money. So I don't have to be pacing around and the kids have to worry about where their next pair of shoes are coming from and where their food's coming from. Yeah. Like I don't want a multi-million pound anything. 
I don't no. want to be a millionaire. I want a comfortable life, and yeah, that's, it. that's it. But I'm going to earn that comfortable life by delivering something. But he's then that teaching you. Works. He's teaching your kids though. Yeah. that moral as well. So to, and that that lifestyle to say, well, if you work hard and and focus on what you want to do, yeah, you can be successful. In, and success doesn't mean you've got to have millions in the bank. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything like that at all. Success just means you've got a roof over your head. You don't have to worry about anything. Like you haven't got to worry about where your next meal's coming from or have yeah. you got enough money to pay the electric bill then that to me that's yeah, against uh, that level. I is, think is, if is, I'm hearing you success. right, success, I think if I'm hearing you right, success is um, the capacity to live how you would like to live. Yes. Based on the actions that you take on a day-to-day basis that culminate in the result of yeah. you I don't not having to worry We'd about the bills. We'd all love to be on Ronaldo's wages on yeah. half a million or 70 million a week. I'd love to be on that, but... What's the point of it? I can practice as much as I want. I don't think I'll ever be as good as Ronaldo. But do you know what I mean? But there's... Um, it's, 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 it's finding that place in your life where you go, I'm comfortable here. I like this version of me. I mm-hmm. like this, this lifestyle that we've got. Um, and... Let's just aim for that and strive for that. I think as a man, for me, it's important for me to push myself and move forward and strive because I, I like these long conversations. I like understanding things. I like building a knowledge around things and I like moving things forward. I like being a part of that process. That doesn't mean I'm this absolute warrior of a entrepreneur that's going to create a billion pound business and do this, this, and this. It's like, most of us aren't that. No. We aspire, but yeah. most of us aren't that. So why aren't we, as people that are all in a certain area, going, right, why aren't we working together to move things forward? Right? I think everyone's got the ability to, to do that. And I think it's just about focusing. So if you really focus, there's no reason why any business can... Be a billion, yeah. billion dollar, billion pound, whatever yeah. I call it. Um, but you've got to have a, a bit of luck comes into it along the way. I don't think any business is, um, has that success without a tiny bit of luck along the way, uh, whether that might be a chance encounter, mm. um, uh, drink at a bar with the right person at the right time. Yeah, yeah. So is that, you never know where that bit of luck's going to yeah. be. Um, but you have to be in the field to get yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got to know where you've got to be at the right time. But it's, yeah, I don't think there's a, there's a brokers that I've known over the years that picked up a big case years and years ago and that sustains their business. If that client was to go, they're, done. they're like, what happens then? Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's certain things where, we, we always try to diversify our books. So rather than just specialising in one certain thing, we'd make sure we covered all the industry. But you will use an individual to do that. So yes. you'll use someone that's picked that yeah, as yeah. their expertise. Yeah, yeah. They will refine so, that but, themselves. It's not like we do everything. It's like, no, he does it all for yeah, that. Yeah. And he does it all for that. Yeah. So when the lead comes in or the client comes in, it's like, listen, I would like to try and tell you that I know this bit inside out, but I actually know that somebody else in the building that can do this job better. Yeah. Which is this guy. And uh, being a business owner doesn't mean you know you're 100% confident on every single thing. It's about having the right person with yeah. you to be able to, to do that. Um, and I said, I think business owners is all about processes yeah. rather than knowing everything about 
the business and how to make certain things or to do certain but things. How many processes aren't being executed against because there's like there's a limit of cash or yeah, there's yeah. a limit of opportunity or there's a limit Loads. of this, that, and the other? It's like, well, Hundreds. let's eliminate some of these opportunity um, barriers by saying, right, well, what if we got you the 100K? What if you did this? I bet you there's, I bet you there's thousands of business owners out there now, whether it be um, a, a small motor trade business or an engineering company or a manufacturing company that can see a potential there. But the stumbling block is, I haven't got that cash flow. I haven't got that, that there to yeah. go and do that. Or if I had that one bit of equipment, or if I had that one extra truck, or that one ramp in my garage, that could, that could turn me over another, I don't know, 20%. And it's knowing th- where to go to. And, 100%. Uh, I think what people, people can't like to realise, like I helped a taxi firm right once. This guy called me. Um, really lovely guy. We, we were on the phone for hours, just chin-wagging about his business and what he wanted to do. And yep. He came in for 50K and it was like, right, well, we ended up on 75, A, because he was eligible, B, because his business could stomach the monthly payments, right? Without it impacting the business ne- negatively, right? Yeah. So he took the 75K, he then went and used 24K and bought another small taxi firm, which added like six or seven vehicles to his fleet, which in turn earned him in profit enough capital to just pay the monthly payment. Yeah. So then he ended up with 51 grand of extra capital to deploy how he wanted because his first exercise was a cash flowing exercise. And we had to reach that together. Like his first barrier was oh, the interest and, you know, it's going to cost me this to pay it all back. I'm like, it's over six years. Yeah. If you add X amount to your turnover year on year, because you've done this, this and this, you are going to, you're not even going to think it's, about the monthly it's, payment It's irrelevant. Anymore. It's irrelevant. It's yeah. a service charge to grow your business. Yeah. Like if you're paying a marketing agency, God knows how much, as a retainer, because they were bringing you more business, you wouldn't be, mo- yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be like, you're- yes, take it. Yeah. But when it comes to like interest, we're so trained on interest being a bad thing. Like here's one thing that I'd like people to think about, right? It's, I don't know whether I'm right in my thinking or not, but like, let's say you buy a house for 200K. Yep. And in 20 years, that gets to 400K. But you put a deposit down on the property and then you buy a mortgage that covers that for the 20 years, yeah? If you look at the balance of what you've repaid, oh, you're probably not far off of the profit you think you've made. Oh, it's d- double, yeah. Yeah? You th- what you think so if you you've borrow, made... If, yeah, if you have a £200,000 mortgage, the chances are you're paying 400 400 back, back yeah. yeah? And you're pa- and by the time you sell your house, that house is worth 400 grand. Yeah. So what you think you've done, you haven't actually done. Yeah. Because you're willing to take on the property because it solves a problem and you can afford the monthly repayment. You don't think about the repay. You also think about it's like it's an asset. Yeah, technically, yeah. it is savings. Yeah. But technically, you've paid the bank yeah. your For savings. The as well, and yeah. most people move within eight years. Yeah. So their interest, they've taken, you've moved again, you've paid another <laughs> deposit, you've got back it's in. It's just about changing people's uh, mindset, I suppose, and, uh, and their perception of what good and bad credit is. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, most, of, most of our jobs over the last couple of years in insurance anyway has been about educating clients. Yeah. Because clients, and it's, a, it's the same thing. My mate down the pub said, I'm paying too much. Mm-hmm. Sorry, then give, give the policy to your mate down the pub. Obviously, you can do better than we can. Yeah, yeah. Take it. Oh, no, no. Well, does your, is your mate yeah. an insurance broker? No, he's not. So it's about speaking to, speak, speaking to people in the know and speaking to people that have got the experience to advise you correctly and uh, to point me in the right direction. Because 
otherwise, we'll all be sitting in the pubs going, yeah, yeah, do this, do this. Yeah, do this. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work that way. It's like if you were going to landscape your garden, right? You're going to, you, what, you, what you're going to do is you're going to get a few quotes, yeah? But the person that comes back and that solves the problem in the way, yep. within the price range that you, you can afford or the budget, but let's say they come back and what they've given you is slightly different to what you thought you wanted, but what they presented to you is way better and it's going to cost you five grand more, you're going to go, I want that, so the extra five grand is easy enough. Yeah. I'll do that, right? And that's not a cash-flowing exercise. That is you paying for something in your house. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like the same thing within business. It goes, right, I want to do this. What if? So if you think, oh, I need 30K, maybe do this, maybe do that. And then you go, actually, right, let's see what you can get. And then let's say whether we, if we can get 75, what are we going to do with that money? Right, how can we make that into 300 from yeah. 75? And that as an exercise is such an interesting conversation because half of the time, the difficulty is, is the belief around what I can do and also the fear around the monthly repayment, which is not something to be snuffed at, but it is the reality. Like you can do way more. Yeah. You can get your business moving far further ahead than you could possibly imagine if you took an additional risk. But and that's what it is. But, but it's also about making sure you're prepared for it. Mm. And there's a, a, a game going back to several managers ago when I was working uh, in a high street offices. And there was a six P's, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, Pers- uh, prior preparation prior. Yeah, prevents yeah. piss poor performance. Yeah, yeah. And it's about, and you, so basically you're planning for every eventuality. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like ringing up and saying, I want, I want to borrow 50,000. Make sure you've got all the groundwork done before. To the say, lender's not going to give it do, to you. What I'm going to do with that fifty thousand? Yeah. How am I going to make that fifty thousand into a hundred, into one hundred and fifty thousand? Um, and if you've planned it properly, everyone will just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is the money? What, 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 I'll give the money myself. Yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, right? Is what, what people think is lending is the same as any other thing. Like it's like compare the market. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? There are algorithmic lenders that you can give a proposal and it will either spit out a yes or a no. And you yeah. can flirt with the fucking uh, under eyes all you want. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah. But then there are lenders that are, which we call storybook lenders, which will listen to what you've got to say. Yeah. And as a good broker, you'll know by each criteria for each lender what they need to understand about your business to make that deal make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you might have to draw back to previous year's accounts and this and then explain the situation around that. And maybe the director's done something wrong here, but then that's changed. And, you know, being able to articulately put this deal together for the lender, for the underwriter to go, that makes sense. Like, it's not an easy game. No. It is not an easy game. It's not just like, oh, because every business, here's another problem. A lot of business owners think that they can just go to the bank and they'll just give them money. And they can just go to a broker and the broker just give them money. And we see adverts everywhere for like, do you want funding? Do you want funding? Do you yeah. want funding? Right. So when I had no money. Yeah. So no, I didn't, have, I had money, but I had no, no credit. So uh, I think the app had just come out on the on my bank and- I never get any messages. Every time I log into my bank now, first thing that's happened, you, you want to borrow 50,000, 60, they want to throw money at me. Mm-hmm. I don't need it now. I needed it back then. Yeah. But because I was, wasn't doing the right things with money mm-hmm. and I wasn't planning properly or anything else, I, wasn't, I couldn't get credit anywhere. I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's only when I got my life in order and started planning what I was going to do that 
money's now available. Yeah. And it's about that planning and how you live your life and how you run your business and everything else. Yeah. That all points to... We can lend this money to them. You can have this to grow your business. Yeah, yeah. And the money is like, it's your thoughts. Any business owner, it's your ideas, it's your processes and everything else. The money's just a facility to get you there. It's not it's the be all and end all. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's going to get me from there to there. And so don't think about the interest or anything else. As you, as you rightly said, it's nothing about that. I think it's dangerous to say, like, we, 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 I, don't, I don't ever want to be like, oh, don't worry about interest, right? But it, it, no, you, you have know, got to worry about of it. Course, it's, it's it's, of course, it's part of it. Right? As you said about marketing, if you was paying to a subcontractor yeah. or anyone else, yeah. there's, there's five grand a month to do this yeah, for yeah. me. You wouldn't even you wouldn't quibble even about quibble it. it. No. You wouldn't even quibble about it. Because 5,000 a month for a loan, you're worried about but things. Because and- the, the modality of the way that people communicate to themselves about what a loan is, because you either think I'm in recovery or I'm desperate, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck what everybody else thinks. Every single buy-to-let property owner in the country has used somebody else's money to make profit yeah, yeah. on that above that and yeah. mitigate their own risk. Yeah. Yeah? By just leveraging their credit to get the deal, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing within business. But I think a lot of businesses struggle with the fact that they're going, right, like they wait, a lot of businesses will wait until the last minute if they're struggling to get a loan, yeah. right? They'll, they'll come to a broker. The broker has to do a lot of work to try and figure out where this deal is even going to go yeah. and whether this can even happen because they leave it too late. If you start to see the pinch, my advice is speak to a good broker or us and we'll figure out, right, this is starting to see a downturn. Let's get ahead of the downturn and be more aggressive, yeah. Because this downturn, if you're just going to weather it and just try and tighten your fucking braces while this goes on, it's going to go downhill. It's going to go downhill. Yeah. I watched. A, I worked for a, a restaurant chain, yeah, a really big restaurant chain. A chain. Sorry, I worked for a really big restaurant chain in in the Northamptonshire area. Did a little bit of marketing for them, right? And they had bought seven or eight sites. Now they had three that were hemorrhaging and four that were making money. So the three that were hemorrhaging were. Um, causing them such strain that they got to a point where they physically couldn't do anything to leverage out of it. And also they had such a bad mindset around marketing and borrowing yeah. that they didn't like try and move their business forward. They got precious about the model and they kept it. And what they started doing was reducing the quality of their, their produce. Right. To so try and offset. To try and offset some of that risk. The food that you're selling the thing that makes you good, you're going to reduce the quality of it because it saves money, right? Actually, what you do is you improve those yep. things. You invest in the business, you leverage and you double down. Like you've not built this business for no reason. You've yep. taken your time and effort to get to a point where you go, oh shit, like let's fucking go. Attack it. Not, oh, well, we'll just tighten our buckle for a bit. Like, and I think with like... <laughs> I can only speak from the insurance industry. They, they say the average lifestyle life cycle of a uh, of a client is around about seven years. Right. So, if you haven't invested into your business or invested into recruiting more clients within seven years, your business is gone, gone down the pan. Yeah. So you've got to continuously keep on investing um, and finding new ways to attract customers. Um, and I've always been a big believer in face to face networking. Yeah. Um, and then when I first started, I had no marketing budget. So my marketing budget was with a pair of shoes that I had. So I'd park the car up and I had a, an old, old Mondeo that I was embarrassed. It's worse than, well, I don't think it was worse than your car now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But I had this old Mondeo that I thought, I 
I can't turn up to clients with that car. So I'd have to like, if I was going to see a client or if I was going prospecting, I'd park the car two streets down and I'd walk the rest. So yeah. I'd walk around, even if it was pissing down around, I'd be like, shh, rain go on, get me stuff, start walking. Because um, I just couldn't be seen driving up to a client's yeah. in that car. Um, but the, for the first year, that's all my marketing budget was, just me, yeah. my petrol, going out and just yeah. knocking on doors and chatting to people. But from that, we ended up getting enough clients to grow probably 25, 30% in that year, but also gave me probably about a thousand leads. Cause everyone said, well, I've just done it, but ring me next year. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I've just, yeah, more than happy to come and speak to you next year. Fantastic. So the following year I had they, all uh, these clients just to go and speak to again. Yeah. Um, and it was probably only in year two that I got a bit of marketing budget to go, let's do a bit of paid marketing now and see what we can do. But again, mm-hmm. it was more face-to-face marketing. Of paying to go to networking groups and things like that. Marketing's a very difficult world at the moment because, like, everyone's being sold to perpetually all the time. We're yeah. all being sold to, and we're like, you have to have a really good product or a really good hook or a really good something to get people in. And for I me, I don't think you do. I don't. I think you just need to have the right person. Yeah. So I get asked because at, at the at the brokers we had, we had 15, 20 members of staff, and I got asked by every single BNI group, "Have you got any staff to bring in? You must have staff." Yes, I have got staff, but not everyone is right for BNI. Mm. I. I can, there's no point in me just putting a bum on a seat. Mm. It's not going to work. Mm. And what's, if it's not going to work, and that's no fault of the staff, it's just they're not, they're not yeah. that's not their role in that. It just makes me look bad because it's my credibility that goes. Yeah. So I'm not just going to chuck anyone into a group if they haven't got the right personality to go and deal with that. If you've got a shy person, you're not going to chuck them into a networking My group. My last company used to say to me, Mr. Like, like, in front of it, like there was, we, we'd have a sales meeting every month and it would be like, Mr. B&I, like they, they said, like you are the only person that is in, the, in, 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 in their company yeah, that's yeah. ever made anything out of B&I, yeah. ever. You know, that people go to networking meetings and I'm the only one that's ever made it work. Yeah. Because I go to the meetings like almost every single week. It was pretty much every week. And I yeah. turn up with a smile on my face and, you know, try and help as where I could. And what I come to learn about that is like the finance market is so broad. Yeah. It is so broad that you have to really drill down on so many things, so many lenders, so much criteria, so many different facilities, how to synergize those is, is so complex, which is why when I'm sitting around in the office and I'm looking at the people that are specifically skilled at certain things, I'm like, oh, you've picked one thing. But yeah. networking, you get people, they want, they want to speak to you about anything to do with finance. And it became really difficult, yeah. which is why for me, for Nexus works so much better because it's like, what are we trying to do? Where are we trying to go? Yeah. Okay. This guy will fix that for you. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, ne- it's, it's effectively it's, it's networking. networking. Yeah. It's networking. Yeah. Um, and it's what we both do, do good at. To we're, we're good I at, think yeah. um, over the years, I've, I've become a good networker. Um, but it's using that knowledge and experience mm. just to put a to B. It's well, you trained me. So I was- I wouldn't say trained you. No, but when, like- <laughs> you turned up in, when you turned up in our chapter, yeah. I had no fucking clue. I was at the bottom of the board. I had no yeah, yeah, idea. Yeah, I was yeah. going to do a few deals here and there because I'm not a fucking complete dimlo. But like you came in and you were like, right, do these things. These processes will get you in. And just as I left, where am I? Green club. Yeah, yeah. Top, like, up top of the board. Yeah. Getting into green club. So that to me is a metric, a metric of you. And the really beautiful thing about what, what happened with us, it was just like, 
all of these weird situations that happened for me on this one end, yeah, you were going through, like, well, you weren't going through any bad, but you, you were, like, in the process of, you know, selling your business, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. When you called me, you are like, I'm thinking about doing this. And I was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. And then I'm like, well, what, what? and then yeah. you were like, yeah, that's fine. But let's do this then. And I'm like, brilliant. Like, I've just come out of a really complex time, really complex situation. This makes complete sense to me. We've got the broker contacts to make this work. We've got the, the, the individual knowledges to make this work. Let's just go for it. And like, yeah, we've had our first invoice paid. Like we've, we've done business, yeah. right? But where we're trying to get to now is we're trying to stand out in a completely different market and do something completely different to what everybody else is doing. And I think there's a, there's definitely a gap in the market for, for what we've, we're, we're, we're doing. Um, and we're not trying to say that we are come to us. We're the best. It's not about that, but use our experience, yeah. use our experience to find the best. Yeah. yeah. That's um, exactly what it is. And we're not saying that, you know what I mean? I, I see loads of businesses. Yeah. I'm the best. So and so I'm the best. So are you, yeah, 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 you might be, but if you're not available, what happens? Yeah. yeah. And I'm confident when I was speaking about my insurance brokers that whilst I'm there, if, if, the, if someone asks for a specific product, I can deal with that. Even if I'm not doing it myself, I can teach the staff how to deal with that. Yeah. Um, when I'm not there, I can't confidently say, yeah. yes, they know about that product. Mm-hmm. They might be able to get around it and everything else. Um, but it's about using that experience to point people in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I mean the last thing I want to touch on with this, this whole business model and the entity itself, it's like, as a business owner, it must be, and it is so tiring to continually see adverts for everything, saying, we're the best, we can get you this, we can get you that, we can get you this. Like for the first time ever, what we are doing is saying, look, we ain't trying to sell you anything. Yeah. Actually, we earn money only if we help you. Yeah. And if we do not help you, maybe you've got a better understanding of what you want to do. Yeah. And the whole market that we're working with is unspoken about and it's very difficult. And there's so many business owners that could be utilizing products that they don't know exist. Either A, because their belief around it is the wrong way around, or B, because they they haven't even considered it as an option. So those are the people that we want to be talking to because it's like, look, let's go forward. And if you can or can't, we'll figure that out together. Correct. No harm found. But if you want, if this is, if this works for you, we may be able to uh, plug in some insurance for you with, 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 with the area that you're yeah, yeah. an expert in. And we've got expert brokers that can help you fund certain things. And we've got panels of vehicle, uh, like commercial vehicle companies that we can supply and stop vehicles. We've got solar panels. The, the network of people that, I know in particular, and you, and you know as well, Liam, it's like, it's endless. There's, I can connect with any company within the Midlands anyway yeah. um, to supply whatever you need. Yeah. And it's not just in the Midlands. I've got connections in London, Manchester, yeah. Liverpool, things like that. So I will, with our experience and our connections and everything else, we can find anyone the best person to speak to. And we're going to do that from a credible sense. It's like, look, we're not going to tell you that this person that we're going to put you in touch with is the best unless we have direct experience. They've been verified that they are in that area, the highest performer of that thing. And that's what makes us different. It's like, we're not claiming to be the best, but I'll tell you what, if you're looking for the best, we can help you. We'll help you. Let's figure out what you want to do first. And then we'll go, right. They will help with this. They will help with that. And within these three or four things, You've got one solution. You've talked to us. We've plugged it in all for you. Yeah. You haven't got to think about anything the worst else. Thing, the worst thing to do is, as a business owner, is just trying to find them people yourself. It takes forever. Yeah. 
and I've been networking for, well, I've been in business eight years, but I've been networking all my life, really, mm. from the age of 18 when I've been in the office. So use that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 28 years of, of being me and doing what I do. Yeah, yeah. I know quite a few people. Yeah, yeah. At, least, at least four. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> at least four, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so again, it, it's really been a pleasure because I knew I wanted to have this podcast between us because like who we are as people, we've connected on a certain level and it's been a really valuable thing for me to have someone that's a little further ahead down the line than me and sort of- Not that much further. Well, you but you are, you've just sold out of your business for a very, very good valuation. You've, 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 you've built a company, you know what, what's behind that. And this isn't about being a multi-billion pound company. Like no. we're aiming at SMEs. Yeah. We're talking about the real businesses that are in the middle of that 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 economy that we all exist in. Like we ain't going to be one of them hyper successful multi-billion pound industries, right? What we are going to be is a connected network of business owners that are looking to help each other, looking to grow, looking to become a big network of absolutely yeah. brilliant people. And I love this. And I love this thing. And I, I've got a lot of time for you. And he said, I love you then. <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on. Cheers. And, uh, yeah, how was your first podcast? Huh? Did you enjoy really it? good. I really enjoyed it. Good, good. Could sit here for another couple of hours, to be fair. Yeah. It's just a chill bike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.